Hey, what's up, fuckers? It's your dude, my dirties of the world. How are you? Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor.fm is where you want to go if you, yes, you, if you want to do a podcast, go to Anchor.fm. It is super easy. Let me tell you all about it. Uh, super easy uh, creation tools help you edit and put together your podcast. And all you got to do is download the Anchor app. Go to Anchor.fm, download it onto your phone, download it onto your computer, and you can do a podcast very easily for free. And if you do it right, you can make money with a zero audience listenership, zero minimum audience Meaning you don't have to have a huge, large audience. You only have to have a forgiving and kind donating type of a audience that will donate to your podcast. So you can make money from the people that love you and that want to support you. Get started today. Go to anchor.fm. And uh, the kicker on all of it is that they upload it to all the podcast platforms making it as easy as pie so get started today go to anchor.fm to do it son dates let's talk about dates uh i've missed a few but that's all right what's going on here i'm getting confused with the music sorry Gotta maybe turn it down from there. Maybe it was a little loud. Anyway, I got dates. Um, coming up next week, uh, Tuesday, uh, March 22nd, I will be in Santa Cruz at the Blue Lagoon doing stand-up comedy. Uh, the next Bistro Blowout will be April 7th, downtown Hayward. Pete Munoz headlining. Um, my date for uh, April 22nd has been canceled. So that's not happening out there in Stockton. Um, April 24th. This is actually Easter Sunday, we just realized. But Zed is headlining the Sofa Street main stage in San Jose, California. I am also emceeing and hosting that stage. So if you want to see me out outside all day long doing a thing I'll be there hosting Sofa Fest San Jose the Spring Sofa Fest I'm hosting Zed is headlining it'll be awesome Um, April 29th I will be at Three Disciples doing comedy uh, out in Santa Rosa Uh, two shows on April 30th both of them sort of private. I believe the Oakland Strokes thing out in Mountain House, uh, out in Tracy, California, I believe that's sort of open to the public. But it is the Oakland Strokes um, 45th anniversary party and then a private show at Burnt Ramen that I'm not supposed to talk about. Um, what else we got? Um, May 7th, we are playing... Uh, what is... Where did that other one go? There's a there's a date missing here, ladies and gentlemen. I can't seem to find it. I'm sorry. Um. Oh, there it is. Uh, so May seventh, Hazards in San Jose at the Caravan. 
uh, our uh, EP release party will be that day. Uh, June 11th, Hazards is also playing a game in San Jose at the Elegant Pub. And then, of course, June 25th, Zed headlining the Saturday night of the Maryland Doom Fest. Come get some there. It'll be nice. We're playing the rock and rolls at the Maryland Doom Fest headlining. We're going to play like for an hour and 20 minutes, I think, is what we're going to do. Should be rad. And as always, um, music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast is not owned or copywritten by the Sean Boyles podcast. It's not trademarked, not copywritten, not owned or licensed music heard here I ain't got shit to do with alright so don't come after me with your shits don't sue me is what I'm trying to say let's do the podcast Defeated yet, but definitely going through some shit. Sorry, I missed last week. I did not get to around to being able to do the podcast. Um, I had uh, my comedy show. Well, shit, that was two weeks ago, so that's not to blame. What did I do last Thursday that made me? I don't. Th- I just. I got home late. I ended up having a rehearsal. And I just was late and I didn't have anything set up and I was going to have to put all the wires together and hook it all back up. And I wasn't feeling it. I was down. Just. I've been going through it, man. I've been going through the bullshits. I um, just. There is a hanging over everything that's going on is a thing. And it's a thing that I don't necessarily want to talk about. And I think I have talked about not talking about it a couple of times, maybe, or once at least on the podcast before. And um, I have talked I have talked about it to some folks, uh, but I don't know if I'm actually ready to talk about it, talk about it here on the podcast. I don't know if that's. Uh, um. Is that being honest? Is that being fair? Is that uh, being true to what I want to do here? I want to be as honest as possible and as transparent, but part of me is not ready to share this, even though I have shared it with some. So anyway, um, let's just put it this way. Marriage is tough, and uh, a lot of things go into it to... uh, a lot of things need to go into it. A lot of things need to be considered. And sometimes you can't cover all bases. Um, I'll just put it at that. And um, 
but then it's just the financial hits have been tough too. So like with that over over the head of everything, there's been a lot of bullshit financial things and I got really just fucked up about a lot of it, all of it. Um and you know, I talked about the van breaking down and that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, but even after that it just, just didn't <laughs> didn't feel like it was getting any better and um and it's just it's just I I've just been too broke to function, to be honest. Just too broke to function. And I've been trying so hard to make shit happen and working my ass off. And it's just not enough. I just can't the 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 wife getting scammed. I did I talk about I don't know if I've I've talked about it a lot, but I don't know if I talked about it on here. Um I think I have just that is that suck. It, it's it's got us fucked up. It's all there is to it. It's just got us in a bad way. And we've started a GoFundMe to try to ask for some help to get that so that we're not completely fucked. But it's a, it's a and we've gotten some donations and it's fucking awesome. And I thank the people that have uh, that have donated um, but we're not even halfway to the goal and, uh, it's a little, little disheartening, I guess, because I, but, but at the same time, I mean, everybody's going through their shit, you know, everybody's going through it. So it's hard to ask for help when you know, everybody else is hurting too. So, uh, and I hate to be fucked up and down about financial shit. You know what I mean? Like that shouldn't be the root of my happiness, you know? But I, I can't. I said it before on here. I think I did a whole thing on it. You know, whoever said that uh, money doesn't buy happiness, they must have had money already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I definitely feel better about shit when I got some money in my pocket and I'm getting shit paid. I'm getting the bills paid, and I'm not sweating it. You know, I'm not struggling. I'm like, you know, hey, you want to go out to dinner tonight? We can go out to dinner. You know, like when you can do shit, when you have the freedom to kind of live and do shit, when you're strapped for fucking every penny and you're really watching shit, it's not fun. It sucks. And yeah, I could. Yes, there is, you know, the, you know, count your blessings and uh, be thankful for the shit you have or whatever. But I got, I don't got much. (laughs) I got friends and I got, you know, things that I'm able to do. I got my outlets and I got my music. I got stand-up comedy. I do have things that I can enjoy. But I mean, I had a rehearsal the other night and usually where I'm able to use music to get through shit like this where I can just beat the fuck out of my drums and get these things out of my system. Um, I just, it wasn't, it, I wasn't in that mind space, uh, my mind uh, headspace or mind frame or mind crime or or mind fuck or whatever it was i wasn't in the spot that i needed to be in mentally to even get through a rehearsal the other night this was on friday in fact 
this past Friday. And the guys in the band could tell that I was not really there. And um, I kind of broke down and let them know what was going on. And uh, and they were supportive. And I thank the guys in Zed for, uh, uh, for helping me out. I actually, uh, everyone, it's just that... I have been getting some help here and there, and it's fucking really, really rad. Uh, I feel like a fucking asshole uh, with the handout, but um, it's it's getting me through it, and I'm appreciative and super, super thankful. But it's just, it sucks, you know, because it's just piling on the uh, the IOUs. You know what I mean? So. But uh, that's the main reason why um, no podcast last week. Just not feeling it, man. Just not fucking feeling it. Nothing has been um, nothing has been satisfactory to get me out of this sort of little slump that I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little bit better the last maybe couple days because I've, I've been getting some jobs done and some money has come in. But I'm still playing catch up big time. Um, so it's just, you know, it, yeah, gas prices, whatever the fuck gas, whatever. I mean, it's, yeah, it's high and it's, it is fucking me up too. And I'm, you know, spending a lot of money on gas to get to where I need to get to. But, um, I don't know. I don't feel like that's the, this is not enough, not enough coming in right now, man. I'm. And I haven't had a day off in fucking three weeks. <laughs> so it isn't like I'm sitting around, you know. It's just not enough, man. It's just not enough. Uh, someone suggested maybe I move out of the area. And to that I say, fuck that. There's, there's got to be... Everything's falling in line to be better. The wife is working. She's starting to make her own money. I'm not throwing money at her every day for this and that and the other. She's got her own now. And, you know, so that is some help. You know, so if I can get back to where I was, where I was just killing it, um, I think we'll be okay. And But as it stands right now, I don't really have any jobs lined up for next week. I got something I need to look at. I just haven't had time to go over there. Um, but I don't know what I'm getting involved in. It sounds like I'm fixing somebody else's fuck ups. So I don't know if that's going to be something that is going to last the week. It might be a day's worth of fixing or it might be, you know, another, I don't know, but I have something for after the first. So, um, anyway, whoa is fucking me. Wah, fucking wah, wah. I'm sorry to be a fucking mope ass, but um, that's what's going on. Like I said, that's why uh, that's why we've uh, not had the podcast. In uh, that's why we missed a week. But hey, happy Saint Patty's Day for you. That's a good day, Saint Patty's. Ah, it's not Patty, is it? It's Patty. Saint Patty. I'm not even saying it right. But you know what? 
This will fucking be cool. Is this playing? Why is it? Is it playing? It's not playing, is it? Let's just fucking play a song. This fucking iPad is fucking up so bad. It just will not do what I want it to do. I'm trying to trying to get something going. Request timed out. Okay. Just fucking just play this fucking song. God damn it. How am I supposed to celebrate St. Patty's Day if I can't play this song? Which is why I needed to do this earlier and get this shit locked in. There's some songs in this fucking iPad. It just won't fucking play them. It's sitting there. It's just spinning around and spinning around. There we go. <laughs> it's St. Patty's. This would have been way better if it came in when I wanted it to. Little flogging molly for St. Patty's. All right, shut the fuck up. It's it's was funnier. Might have worked out better if I fucking had that queued up better. Oh, and this it's shit like this that makes me go, what the fuck? Why why fucking bother? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I never have I never have that attitude. But with the way shit's been going, I've had a big why the fuck bother. Like, I just want to, I'm fucking tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of getting kicked the fuck in the dick all the time. It seems like it's nonstop just dick punches. And um, I want it to stop. Please. Um, I've always had the fucking, hey, you know, we're going to get through it, you know. Light at the end of the tunnel, glass is half full, uh, silver lining, fucking look at the bright side. All that shit has always been how I've kind of gotten through it. But, you know, when you get, when you get told a few things and then a few things happen that make you question everything, um, and then somebody just did, and then, and then, then, Someone you don't even know or something that you don't even know like really fucks with you and really takes from you, like severely takes from you. And you've done nothing wrong to deserve that. Um, You know, in your heart of hearts, you've been doing the right thing. But yet someone has decided to take advantage. It really fucking sucks. And it really makes you question like what the fuck man what you know what what did i do to you know to have that come at me like i didn't you know who did i piss off who who did i fuck with what what did i do wrong in whose eyes to make uh to make some bullshit like that happen you know what i mean to me or to you know my wife you know, because that's what kind of what I'm talking about, the scam thing. Like, she didn't do anything to anybody. Why you got to why you gotta take from someone that doesn't even have anything yet? You know, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, you've, you've hurt somebody that is barely getting going on some shit, you know? 
and I'm the one that's got to try to fucking fix it. And as hard as I'm, you know, <laughs> if I was doing good and like we were cruising through, this wouldn't have hit as hard. But coming out of the holidays and barely getting back to some sort of, you know, like every week's been tight, you know, and like I'm crawling through it. And I was like, maybe a couple, you know, couple more weeks of these tight weeks i'll be okay and this shit happens and it makes it so that it's even tighter you know anyway um so after uh yeah i did the podcast and then i had my show at the bistro we had another killer show at the bistro so i didn't even get a chance to to tell you about it uh another great show uh, third month in a row that we've, uh, had killer, killer shows. Everybody had great sets. Um, again, fucking James Edward Gleason goes up there with his million mile an hour fucking whirlwind. The dude does fucking 20 minutes worth of material in nine minutes. I mean, it's bananas. He didn't even do the full 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like he bowed, he, he got done, at like the eight and a half minute mark, he just fucking goes through his shit so fast. And if you, if when you, you laugh at a punchline and you miss two to three tags because he does not stop. He does not give you time to laugh. He says, fuck you. I'm doing the next thing. And he, and it all runs together. And you, if you got to listen, man, because if you, you oh, there's so many things that I still I've seen him do his act, you know, numerous times now. And I always hear a new little thing. And it's not because I'm hearing it because he's adding new shit. I'm hearing it because I'm not laughing as hard because I've heard the first punchline. And now I'm laughing at the second one. And the next time I'll laugh at the third one. You know what I mean? He's just he's a monster. He's just a monster. I wish he would just do more comedy. Um because I know he just kind of does it for fun, but he really is hilarious. Uh, and then Mean Dave had a great uh, headlining set. Uh, I actually had a really good opening set, and I tried all new shit, and it all worked. Um, so that's been what I've been working out at some... Uh, I've done a couple open mics since, and... Uh, um, so I'm kind of happy with uh, some newer stuff that I did. Although tonight, in fact, I just got back. Um, in fact, I left the show a little early so I can get over here and do the podcast before it got too late. And um, so a new show is trying to get on its legs at um, this pretty, <laughs> pretty hood-ass bar in Hayward on A Street. And uh, if you're in, if you know Hayward at all, and you're from Hayward, California, A Street is a notorious sort of, you know, like just bad. I mean, <laughs> it's a fucking. It's in a rough part of town, man. It's in a rough part of town. This uh, this bar is, I is that considered? Uh, I guess it's considered a Royale District or the Royal District of Hayward, but it's right across the street from South Garden. The South Gardens is probably the number, I don't know, might be number two most ghetto area in Hayward as far as uh, 
just, you know, don't leave your shit, man. Don't leave your shit out. It's going to get got. Don't look at anybody in the eye. <laughs> you're going to get fucking, you're going to get got. It's a, it's a fucking, you know, it's a little rougher spot. And this bar, the why not, um, Notorious, it's been there forever. And it's always been a little. Last time I was there and I told a dude there, I should have said the shit on stage because when I told the dude, you know, what happened last last time I was in this bar, and it was a long time ago. I was like, oh, 10 years ago probably was the last time I was in this bar in Hayward, uh, the why not. Um, I was in there with some friends. They wanted to go there because their friends were having a lesbian bachelorette party. And... I saw two very large, um, and I said the word bull dyke to my friend, and he laughed his ass. He had never heard the term bull dyke, and I guess that's not a uh, very PC term anymore. But I saw two fucking rhinos, man. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) some hard, rough-looking women that either one of them could have easily whipped my ass. I saw the two of them go at it, and it was easily the end of the bachelorette party at the White Knot for the night. That shit was rough. I mean, these bitches had fucking armor and a horn each. They were were some bad fucking... There was a lot of keys and flannel getting thrown around that bitch because it was fucking rough. Um... Two butch lesbians fighting. That's a fight, Jack. It's like watching two dudes fight, literally. I mean, they squared up on each other and were banging. They were fighting, dude. It was a fight. There was no hair pulling and no shit like that. They were fighting like dudes. And they got, there was some, like, fucking Bernie Mac. There was some furniture moving around in this motherfucker. So, um, but anyway, um, shout out to Jay Rich, um, and his boy X, uh, uh, his boy R rated, uh, trying to do a comedy show at this spot, and it's a hood spot, man. So, you know, I uh, I saw a Facebook post that, that Ray that, that that Jay Rich had posted about, hey, he had a you know he had a spot if somebody wanted a spot, and I said, fuck it, I'll take a spot, and I was the I was uh, another another couple of fellas came in, but. I was the only non-black person in this spot for about two hours. <laughs> the show, Jay tells me the show's going to start at 7.30. He didn't start the show until 8.55. <laughs> really, um, really taking uh, the CPT uh, to its fullest. Um, he even said, he's like, yeah, you thought we were going to start this on time? Like, he just, um, you know, he put me up second, which I was glad to go up. I got some laughs early, but I hit, I hit one choke that fucking fell flat, and then the rest of the set ate shit. I, and I got to be honest, as soon as I, as soon as the joke bombed, I got nervous. And the rest of the shit, everything bombed. Like I lost as one joke flopped, and all the wind was out of my sail, and I wasn't, I didn't get them back. Even in fact, I lost them to the point where they were getting, you know, loud with their table conversation, and I fucked up. 
I fucked up pretty bad. Uh, pretty good bomb for your boy. And um, uh, Jerry Law was there. He got a guest set. And we always got a good rapport. He, you know, he says, you're going to be all right. This is something he told me the first night I met him. And uh, after like the second open mic I ever did, I think I've told that story a few times on here. Again, at a show, doing a doing a mic, and it was I was the only non-black in there, and um, and I did <laughs> I did some shit that was pretty ballsy, but I got laughs, and that's why he told me I was gonna be all right. I and I tried to do that same bit, but I fucked it up because I haven't done it in a long, long time. And I kind of really rushed through it and didn't set it up right. But I didn't have him paying attention, you know. Uh, when I did Jerry's mic that that time, that second mic I ever, I had everybody's attention. So that was, you know, this I was I didn't have anybody's attention. I I lost him completely. Ate a bag of dicks, as we say. Totally ate shit. Totally, totally ate shit. Um. But hey, you know. I want to do more black rooms, though. I definitely want to do, I'm, you know, I would love to do and push myself uh, to do more of those rooms. So I'm going to kind of see where Jay Rich and, and Jerry Law and see where these cats are at and uh, kind of weasel my way in and see if I can, uh, you know, get better by throwing myself on stages that I shouldn't be on. <laughs> Fucking obvious heavy metal dude getting up in front of some black folks telling pedophile jokes. Um, <laughs> let's see how that works out. Oh, my God. Um, but I think that's what's going to help me get better, and I want to get better, you know. I want to get better. So uh, last, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before, uh we were supposed to have a Zed rehearsal, a rare Sunday Zed rehearsal um, late afternoon, like at four o'clock. Um, I worked in the morning. I finished a job. Uh, I just had some cleaning up I had to do. So I finished the job, got everything cleaned up. The wife was working, so she wasn't home. So I decided that, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to this show. There was a daytime show in Oakland, uh, just outside of Jack London Square, that the Metro was throwing, the Oakland Metro. Um, so it's all the people that run, you know, that work and run that show. Pulled some permits and uh, set up an outdoor, uh, outdoor stage and um, had a series of shows. I think they did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, where they had a street blocked off, and uh, they had their uh, they had a wrestling show. They had a um, um, they had some other kind of something. They had their uh, um, uh, Tourette's without regrets show, and then uh, the Sunday afternoon show was Exodus. Exodus was playing, and I knew I would know. I knew if I, I I knew I would know about fifty percent of that crowd that was there. I just knew a lot of my friends that I hadn't seen in a very long time would be there. So I thought I would just dip in 
and hang out for a minute. I probably wouldn't be able to get to see Exodus because I was going to have to go down to San Jose for a rehearsal. Um, I didn't have any cash <laughs> uh, to uh, pay for a ticket, and I don't. I believe it might have even been sold out. But uh, thank you to my man Jason, who uh, works the door for the Metro. Um, he always lets me in, and I'm super appreciative of it. I never take advantage of this. I always have money in my hand to pay. And I even said, hey, dude, I don't got any cash, but, you know, let me run my card or whatever. You know, let me let me at least at least pay to get in, you know. And he's like, nah, nah, you're not paying. Come on in, you know. And he lets me in, so I'm super thankful that he pretty much does that for me every time. Uh, you know, and I don't go to every fucking show that I even want to go to, so I I I feel like I'm not taking advantage of it. But he does let me slip in every time, so super thankful for that. And as soon as I walk in the door, I see my man Bungie Brent. He's got all his cameras. He's gonna be taking photos. I see fucking Walter Morgan, monster. I see my man um, playing drums for Powerhouse right now. He's in a chair. He's got a fucking fucked up leg. I start giving him shit. He had made some posts. And I saw his leg. It was all swollen. And he's sitting in a chair and he's got his cane. I kicked his cane out of the way. And he fucking, he was laughing. I'm like, look at you, you old bastard. You know, I just was busting his balls. And, um, you know, a fr- friend of his kind of started to chime in or whatever. And Walter says, hey, hey, hey. Nah, man, this guy's an actual comedian. Fucking watch it. Because these guys were laughing at my shit. Just me talking shit to Walter. And Walter gave me some props. He's like, hey, man, this guy's a funny motherfucker. This guy's an actual comic. He's also, he's all, don't take anything this guy says seriously. And um, that gave me fuel for the fire, and I just started going in on Walter. You know, he had a perfect seat, though, dude. He was sit, set up perfectly. You could see the stage easy. Um, it wasn't very cold. The sun was going down, but it wasn't cold, and the sun felt nice. But then it dipped back behind a building and started to get a little chilly by the time Exodus came on. And then the other, well, that's what ended up happening. Like I was telling everybody, hey, I just wanted to see everybody and say hi. Uh, I got to get out of here. I actually got a, a Zed rehearsal. I got to get down to San Jose right now. And I, But I kept running into people. I saw Mark Asagata, my fucking friend. I haven't seen him in so long. Uh, singer for Death Angel. Also the singer for my band, All Time Highs. I haven't even seen him. Um, not that All Time Highs plays, but um, got to talk to him for a minute. He's like the third person I saw once I got in there. In fact, he, we saw each other and he left the conversation he was having with somebody and he came over to me. It was fucking awesome. Gave me a big hug. Gave me a kiss on the cheek. It was beautiful. Um, told me he thought I uh, he thought I'd lost some weight. Which is nice, but I always say, you know, I'm kind of as fat as I've ever been. How fat did you have me in your mind to think that I have now lost weight? But um, it was rad. So I saw him. I saw fucking um, Joe Prokes. I saw Danny Syker. I saw all these guys, all these old friends. Uh, saw the Ketzels. There's, I saw my friend Alex. She's running around with her. Uh, uh, she's about to have a surgery right before or right after the show. And uh, uh, I saw Joey Houston, a former uh, manager of Lickestow, manager of Machine Head. 
Um, just, I mean, it was a who's who, man. Chris Contos, obviously. Rob Flynn. I actually saw Rob Flynn. And I know I've talked shit about him here on the podcast. We actually fucking were talking for a little bit. We, I had him laughing. I was talking some shit about something else. You know, I was about to let him know. Hey, man, I talk shit about you on my podcast. <laughs> About to fucking tell him, son. Yo, you suck, dude. Nah, he was cool. He went up there and did a song with Exodus. He sang one of the old Exodus songs, and Exodus put on a killer show. Uh, Tom Hunting, fucking the bad at the fucking my my left handed brother in drums, uh, who has beat fucking cancer, beat that shit, and is playing phenomenally. Um, he got out, you know, grabbed the mic and uh, had a very heartfelt thank you to uh, the Bay Area home crowd. Um, just, you know, was thankful for support and everything. He said he wouldn't have been able to get through it if he didn't have the support of uh, the people in the Bay Area and the metal fans that um, that he, you know, in the scene that he came up in. You know what I mean? You know, in Exodus, I mean... Now it was this show coincided with the like tenth anniversary of the passing of Paul Bailoff, uh, Paul Bailoff, their original singer. Uh, you can hear Paul Bailoff on the very first Exodus record, "Bonded by Blood," uh, the classic, classic, quintessential thrash metal album, "Bonded by Blood." Um, and don't get it fucking twisted. Exodus is the first thrash metal band. I don't give a fuck who says otherwise. They are first. Now, there's other people that have put out albums, obviously. Their very first album comes out in 85. Metallica's on their second album already by 85. Um... Testament's album's already out. Death Angel has an album out. Uh, no, I don't think Death Angel has their album out. The Legacy is out, though. Um, you know, Slayer's got album, a couple albums out by that time. Uh, Megadeth is on about to... Yeah, Megadeth's got a record out already. Anthrax has a couple of records out already by 85. But... Exodus was out there playing before all of these bands. Look it up. Exodus starts in 1979. Okay? Before anybody. They are starting and they're already fucking maniacs playing a million miles an hour, playing fast, aggressive metal before it's even called thrash. And Paul Bailoff is leading the charge with Gary Holt and fucking um, uh, Hunt, Rick Hunt, the other guitar player, original guitar player, who went up there and did a handful of songs at the end of the set with Exodus. Um, I know Rick Hunt's been through a lot of shit, man. He got really fucked up on drugs for a long time. He's finally clean. Uh, he's got a new band coming out called um dead humane i think it's called um uh, but he got up there and rocked out and now he um part of him getting clean was he got fucking 
fucked up. He got jumped and he got beat up really, really bad. In fact, he lost an eye. And I'm such a fucking terrible person that I made a joke to my friend Jared, who was there, and we were just talking shit about everybody. Um, and I made a joke to Jared. I said, hey, you know, Rick's got a headbang with his eyes closed now, otherwise his eye will pop out. And Jared laughed his fucking dick off because he said, he's, oh, my God, he's, oh, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. And he, he couldn't stop laughing. And every time Rick would hit, would like kind of bob his head, I'd look over at Jared. I said, did you see it? It almost came out. So, <laughs> I'm a fucking terrible person. I'm just a fucking awful human being. Um. But it was funny. We had a good time. Um, it's a it's a trip, man. Because like people know me, you know, from playing music all these years. But now that they know me as also doing comedy, when I start joking around and kidding around, they they step back and go like, "Oh yeah, yeah," you know. It's a trick because they they. Especially my old, old friends. They know I've always been a jackass. So me talking shit and making them laugh, I'm not doing anything any different than I've always done. The difference is now, though, that I go up on a stage and tell these jokes. You know what I mean? Or I, I tell jokes on a stage, I should say. Um, and so it, it's a trip thing. Like I feel a different energy around my friends when I start going on a rant or start going on a run of just saying some wild shit and being funny. And I'm not doing it because I do stand-up. It's, it's like I do stand-up because I've done that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've, I've told this before on the podcast. It's like when I meet now when I meet comics, though, they don't understand when I'm fucking around that it's not because I do stand-up that I fuck around, you know, or it's not... I'm fucking up what I'm trying to say. I'm not fucking around because I do stand-up. I'm doing stand-up because I fuck around. That's how it goes. And 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 with the comics, it's a different vibe. And they're always feeling like I'm trying to show out for whatever reason. And it's, I'm not. I'm just fucking around. That's just what I do. And um, and for the most, most part, these comics aren't funny off stage. Some of them are. Like what? Like tonight, hanging out with these guys, Jay Rich, Jerry Law, fucking uh, Melvin Jr. These guys are funny all the time. That's all they do is talk shit, and it's and they're always funny. They're funny people, and I know I can fucking, you know, and I fucking made these guys, like we were talking shit, and I made these guys laugh just talking shit. You know what I mean? So they know that I'm funny like that, even though I got up on that mic and I ate fucking ass i got a couple laughs i got some laughs early but like i said i bombed fucking one joke and it all went it all went bad um uh, note to self don't do pedophile jokes in an urban setting anyway um i just i, I don't know I, I when i'm talking to my friends now they're still my friends, and they st- and I still feel love. But I definitely, when I start getting on a roll, I feel them step back a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, here he goes, Mister Comedian guy." 
You know what I mean? Instead of going, oh, shit, yeah, he's always done this. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> for my friends, it's always, the worst thing I could have did was maybe do stand-up. I don't know. I've, I've, just, I've noticed that lately. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. But uh, like I said, Exodus was fucking rad. It was a good time. It was a fun show. Super stoked to see uh, all these folks. Uh, oh, and shout out to Eric Beard. Um, Eric Beard is the younger brother of the infamous Mike Beard. And uh, these are, you know, local kind of cats. Mike Beard is a promoter who has definitely went off the fucking deep end and just has turned into a complete creep asshole. I've talked about him before on the podcast a long time ago. Um, he's just a dickhead. And um, but his younger brother, Eric, is cool as fuck. Uh, Eric was in the sort of VIP area. There was a little section where, you know, <laughs> my friends Mark and fucking, you know, uh, you know, Rob Capistani from Death Angel, like Ted. Oh, I forgot Ted. Oh, Teddy. Ted Aguilar. Shout out to Ted Aguilar. We had a great conversation talking shit about Mark, basically. Ted's the other guitar player in Death Angel who lives here, uh, fucking lives in the town I grew up in, Hayward. Um, and he's always super cool. He's always, you know, he's a pretty funny dude, too. He talks he talks some shit. I give it right back to him. And, uh, but we were having a good time talking shit about Mark, you know, because uh, Asagata likes to be on tour. And here they've been home for two years, you know what I mean, because of the world ending and all. And he said that Asagata's been going crazy because he hasn't, they haven't been able to play out. Um, so, uh, he's all, we can't, he's all, I can't wait till we get back on tour. So, so Mark can finally be normal. <laughs> and I told him what Mark told me a long time ago. He said when they would go out on tour with Death Angel, the last few days of the tour, everyone would be excited to go home and he would start getting depressed because he's going home. Everybody else is happy to go back to their families and, uh, Mark's not happy to go home. He'd rather be out on the road. Uh, and Teddy's like, hey, he's got to fucking, he's got to get some hobbies. <laughs> he, he has nothing. He doesn't have anything else that he does except for sing for our band. He needs some fucking hobbies. <laughs> You're laughing. Anyway, super stoked to see, um, see everybody and uh, talk to people. Um it was cool, man. There was a dickhead. There was one. There's always one asshole. This there was this dude that was. He was hopped up on something because he wasn't talking, and he was just doing, just wild shit. He tried to climb up on the fucking trellis, like the fucking, like he was gonna climb up there and dive into the crowd or whatever. And they're like, Nah, dude, nah. But in order to do it, he was like kind of bothering one of our female friends and uh he's kind of like almost climbing on her back to get onto this trellis and we like you know we're like hey you know and then this one dude he like went went over there and he grabbed the dude and pulled him down and fucking grabbed him and like threw him on the ground and like it got pretty fucking aggressive and then uh security came over and we told him, hey, hey, that dude's fucking around. You know, he's bothering, you know, the chick up there and get him out of here. You know, so they they threw him out. 
But goddamn, that dude was back hella quick, dude. In like minutes, that dude was back in the exact same spot, trying to do the exact same thing, climbing up the back of the exact same chick. And uh, he got grabbed again, and this time he got fucked up. This dude started wailing on him. And be it that somebody else saw that guy wailing on that guy, and it looked pretty lopsided, this other dude grabbed the other the, the, the guy that was doing the wailing, and he fucking took a few shots on that dude, and everyone grabbed that dude. Like, nah, 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 this dude's the guy that's doing in the right here. You know? And then, uh, again, they fucking berserker dude gets thrown out, and uh, never to be seen from again. But um, but it was at that time, and this is why I mentioned Eric Beard, because the security that was sort of manning the VIP area, <laughs> he's the guy that took care of dude and put him outside. And once he did that, he never came back to that post. And then Eric Beard, who was in the VIP area, which I was standing just outside of. He said, hey, Sean, get in here. You deserve to be in here with everybody. And I just looked at him. I said, nah, man, I don't got a pass to be in there. I'm cool. He's like, no, you get in there. You need to be in there. These are your friends. You know everybody in here. He's all, you're just as good as anybody, if not better. You deserve to be in here with everybody else. Uh, <laughs> He like went over and he grabbed me and he like pulled me in to the VIP area. <laughs> so uh, props to uh, Eric Beard for uh, uh, recognizing game, son. Nah, it was cool. That was nice. That was uh, nice to hear. Maybe alcohol was involved in that sentiment, but hey, you know, still nice to hear. Um, all right, let's... Uh, what are we doing on time here? I was listening to this podcast today and um, something very interesting was being. Uh, so they were talking about climate change and uh, it was uh, John Stewart's podcast. Uh, he's got a podcast called The Problem with John Stewart. And he goes over, you know, some hot button topics. Um, most of the time it's uh, things that how can we fix this thing? You know, here's the problem. You know, what are the solutions to fix it? And uh, he's an older gentleman. Uh, he's not much older than I am, I, I don't think. I think he's in his early 50s. He he kind of has a very... He's got an older man's attitude about a lot of things. Uh, but uh, we know Jon Stewart, right? He did The Daily Show for all those years. Um, for a while, he was like my news source. Like, I was... Even though, you know, The Daily Show wasn't necessarily a news program... Um, like I was sort of in the know of what was happening in the world by listening to that show and or, or watching that show, uh, The Daily Show. In fact, there was a time where I was getting my news from Robin Quivers on Howard Stern and Jon Stewart. <laughs> that was my uh, those were my news sources. I didn't know anything that was going on in the world unless. Those two uh, were talking about it and (laughs) pretty terrible uh, sources of news. But if I'm going to get news, at least at that time, I wanted it to be funny or or come from a funny person. 
Um, anyway, uh, so I enjoy his podcast, and, uh, uh, and it, it's cool because they go over some shit, and they try to really hash out all the angles and get opposing views. And um, uh, his podcast is sort of paired with a uh, an Apple TV Plus uh, sort of series. I guess they get into the, some of the stuff a little bit more in depth than that, but they do do some full blown full blown interviews on the podcast, and then oftentimes we'll get some criticism about said interview or about an expert that has said whatever, and then they bring that person on to sort of rebuttal and um, bump up against what the first person said. So it's kind of cool, you know. They get all these opposing views. Um, they had a climate change person on a while back, or I think the show on the Apple Plus was a climate change show. And so the episode that came out, I believe it came out today, um, was somebody sort of reacting to the climate change thing. So this, uh, and, I, and of course, I don't remember anybody's name, so don't fucking ever think I'm going to be able to drop somebody's name after I just heard a thing earlier today. But this, uh, it was a climate change expert journalist, senior journalist on climate change for the somebody else's. I don't. <laughs> I didn't even catch her credits, but somebody. But she sounded young, like just the way she talked. She talked like a younger person. In all these problems, she had like a a, a whimsical sense of an ease. What what seemed. All her answers on how to fix the shit seemed so like just a matter of fact and super easy and just like, well, all we need to do is and just like the way she would kind of millennially bounce around about the fucking subject, it was bothering me. And at almost at everything, John, you know, John Stewart be like, Yeah, but isn't that gonna do this and do that, that, that? Well, then you got to do Yeah, but wouldn't that cause this? And aren't aren't people's attitudes just kind of stuck in this kind of thing? Well, we need to change that. No, you need to change that by doing this. Like everything was like. Everything was sort of broad stroke fix all now sort of attitude. And it got me thinking that. So I'm very optimistic in younger people's enthusiasm for uh, getting in there and coming up with a way to change shit. They see that shit's fucked and they're like, we can fix this. And it's a rad, rad attitude that the young people have. They're not just kind of going with the status quo and being like, well, this is the way it's always done. They're really looking at shit and going, hey, you know what? This shit's kind of fucked. We should probably change this. Um, But I've noticed that in their thinking about the change, it's always big, giant, broad strokes in a sort of fix-all with one sort of thing. And if you can't do it that way, then you know, it's pointless to do it. Like, they're always thinking, like, fix it all. It all needs to be fixed instead of, well, let's fix this thing 
so that you can fix that thing. So that you, you, you can only fix one thing at a fucking time, okay? There's no such thing as multitasking. You can't do it. You literally cannot multitask. I heard somebody that's way the fuck smarter than me say that one time, and it makes complete sense to me. There's literally no way you can do multiple things at the same time. Because when you're doing, when you're concentrated on the one thing, even though you've left the other thing, you're only doing that one thing. You can only do one thing at a time. So handle it the best you can. And then maybe you got to put that down to do the other thing to get that thing done. But that's not multitasking, okay? All these, I'm a multitasker. I'm really good at multitasking. No, you're fucking not. You're good about fucking starting something and not finishing it and then doing another thing and not finishing that and then going back to the first thing and maybe getting a little bit closer to finishing, but still not finishing. So that's not multitasking. That's not getting a lot of shit done all at the same time. Get shit done one at a time and then maybe shit can get fixed. Just I, I just see their need for... Um, you know, it's inspiring though. It's inspiring that they're thinking of a better way to do stuff. But you know, and and with all things too, you know, social issues, economic issues, um, you know, just a lot of a lot of things. There's a lot of cool things they have ideas about making better. Um, but I just think that the need for that sort of uh fix all you know a a a one fix for all the solution you know or 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 one one solution for i don't know one sort of broad stroke sort of thing to fix things it's it doesn't seem um i appreciate it though i appreciate it but it just doesn't it's not realistic you know what i mean like that's where the older generation goes hey you got to fucking work yo you got to work. It's not just easy. You're just flipping it and say, well, this is how you change it. You just have a better attitude about it. That's the tough part. You're not going to just change everybody's attitude because this is the right way to do it. Because some of us are going, that's not going to work. You know, it's, 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 it's not how shit goes. It's like, it's like the, um, perfect example. My uh, sister used to work for this place, uh, this orthodontist, uh, uh, Dr. Chong. Dr. Chong was out of uh, Union City, California. Dr. Chong um, basically came up with a, and I didn't know this because he was our dent, he was our orthodontist. Like I had braces from the fucking second grade all the way through high school. Braces or a retainer. I always had some fucking bullshit in my mouth. The whole time growing up. Uh, it was 19 or 20 before I was like, you know what? Fuck this thing. I'm not wearing this goddamn retainer anymore. Uh, <laughs> but Dr. Chong was responsible for all that shit. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but apparently Dr. Chong, super innovative in the field of uh, orthodontics, came up with a lot of things that a lot of people use in modern orthodontals now. Uh, he was the man. Um, in fact, I I believe they even, I don't, uh, I want to say that they were calling it like West Coast orthodontist 
or orthodontics. Um, and it was his shit that he came up with. So he just came up with a lot of cool shit. Okay. And this is my point that I'm getting to. I trust me. I'm getting to a point. Um, he was getting older and, um, you know, he was kind of losing his shit actually, to be honest. My sister started actually working for him and she had went through similar, uh, teethness with, <laughs> with, uh, as a kid, uh, and you know, with the same doctors, so you know, we knew these people, and some of the some of his uh, dental assistants had been there the whole time I was going. So I've known these, I knew these women forever. You know, I'd go in there and bullshit with them, you know, make them laugh and stuff when I was a kid. Um, so, um, but now my sister's working for him. But now Doctor Chong's getting a little long in the tooth. He's getting a little older. He doesn't see too many patients anymore, and. Um, he starts to forget people's names and he starts to say some wild shit. And finally, he kind of couldn't do the job anymore. And his son, now he had built, like, I mean, Dr. Chong had built this incredible um, business of, of orthodontics at his spot. I mean, he was fucking the man. Uh, but he started to lose his shit and the son took over his business and his son, fresh out of orthodontics or, 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 or you know, or orthodontics dentistry school, with all the new fancy fandangle ways to do the teeths, and he redoes everything that the old man built, does it his own way, runs the company into the fucking ground, and that's my point. You come in with all your hey. You know, I got the fresh new idea because this is what the school taught me and this is how we're supposed to do it now. That doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way to do it just because that's what the school is teaching you because the school is not in the real fucking world. Uh, Remember remember the movie Back to School? When Rodney Dangerfield goes back to school because his son's going to go to business school and he decides, hey, hey, I'm going to go... And he goes back to school and they're teaching fucking business and he starts going, well, hey, you know, you're going to have to fucking, you know, got to grease the palm of the fucking permit guy if you want to get shit done. You know, hey, the union guys, hey, they're going to want a little piece of the action, too. You know, he starts going on, you know, about real fucking business because the dude was a businessman and he knows how the shit really works because of experience. And the school is teaching you the right way to do it. And it's not practical. So, again, I appreciate the young people in their um, in their bright eyedness about getting some shit done. I just hope they realize that the work is going to be very hard and that there in definitely is some cases where some shit is too far gone and uh, it is impractical to uh make shit happen that way just because um fucking shit's broken yo i think shit's broken um maybe to the point of no return i don't know i'm fucking dumb uh no reaction of the week this week i fucking went through the top 50 and i couldn't find a song um that i hadn't checked out yet so fuck it. Let's get out of here. Earworm of the week. 
Uh, be it that I missed a week, this is actually the song that was stuck in my head last week. Uh, but it did kind of pop in. There's been two running songs, this song and another one. And the other one came up the other day because uh, Greggy from from Zed played it. Um, was playing one of the riffs in rehearsal and the song stuck in my head. Maybe fuck. Now nah, I won't play both of them. There's no sense in doing that. Here is Earworm of the Week from last week. How about that? Um, and I don't even know how this song fucking... I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I think... A fr- There's a phrase in this song. It's like a common phrase that people say. And I think somebody said that. And that line triggered me to think of this song and then that line sort of was the earworm because the line from the song that I heard somebody say anyway earworm (laughs) I'm tired I said I was tired right I'm fucking tired tired of a lot of shit right now this podcast is not one of them but everything else I'm tired of to the point where it's keeping me from being lucid enough and enthusiastic enough to even fucking do this thing. So uh, here we are. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, go to the Anchor app and uh, to the Sean Boyle's uh, podcast page. And uh, I hate to beg, but I could really use some help uh, with some donations. Donate to the podcast, please. And uh, really help me right now. I'm in some financial fuckery. And I'm really trying to dig out of a hole. And um, I'll be honest, donating to the podcast would really help. So uh, go to anchor.fm, find the donate button, and uh, throw me some shekels. Uh, all right, Earworm of the Week this week. <laughs> Bay Area legend. Huey Lewis in the news. A little song called Walking on a Thin Line. Be good, you dick knuckles. Be good. Keep it dirty. I'll see you guys next week. City.
Fuck Stanton Avenue! Fuck it.